Welcome to The Surpassing Worth, a podcast where we study scripture, know Christ deeper, and treasure him above all things. This is your host, Cole. Thanks for joining me. Welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Cole. The title of this episode today is Your Troubles Are Light and Momentary. So we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 at the end of it here, 16 through 18. And really the main idea uh, of this text today is that in comparison to what is awaiting us in heaven, that everything that we go through on earth is light and momentary. Now, that doesn't mean it negates what we feel and what we go through, but rather it gives us perspective and grounding on what we go through. So I want to ask you this central question, and I want you to think about your life and your faith. What keeps you going in the Christian life? What keeps you going in having faith in Jesus Christ? Those are the questions we're going to tackle today. Let me read 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, and we will get into the text. So we do not lose heart, Paul says. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Pray with me. Father, I thank you that, God, you are preparing a place for us. And Jesus, you have made the way to bring us there uh, through your death on the cross and your resurrection from the grave. And one day you will return to bring us with you forever in your presence where there will be no more tears, no more shame, uh, nothing, Lord, to separate us from you, but to see your face always and to be with you forever. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So that central question, what keeps you going in the Christian life? Paul is answering this question. And remember, he's talking about his context and why he's doing ministry. We have to realize that this whole letter to the Corinthians is him defending his ministry because the Corinthians were thinking he's weak, that he wasn't worthy to be an apostle because of his sufferings. But Paul's saying, no, it's exactly my sufferings for Jesus which uh, establishes me because I suffer with Christ. And so uh, the, the joy and fruit of my ministry is to see the gospel work even in my weakness. So Paul's talking about ministry, but this verse is so applicable to the rest of life because it doesn't matter who you are, Christian or not, you are going to face suffering in this world because we live in a very broken world, uh, distorted, not what it was originally designed to do because of sin. Sin has entered the world and has wrecked everything. And so the central question is, well, you know, how can we as Christians who believe in a good, powerful God, one, why do we face these sufferings? But then second, what keeps us going in them? This verse was huge for me at a very crucial juncture in my life. I was 16 and I was going through a very serious wave of depression and anxiety at the time. And I didn't really know how to handle it. It was really the first time I had experienced things like that. Now, I was a believer. I had actually just given my life to Christ earlier that year uh, in January. But come October, I was swamped just with responsibilities and pressure from school. And then uh, even just having to deal with the 
the weight of depression on my shoulders, not even understanding it, it was enough to actually send me into a behavior hospital. And, and I'm very open about this. I talk about this all the time. Uh, but in that behavior hospital, what was the most confusing part for me in all of that is why would God allow me to go through this? Why would God bring me through this to the point where I, even as a Christian, felt like I was losing hope, that I was losing heart, as Paul says in verse 16. And it was actually this very text that gave me grounding and understanding for why God allows us to go through deep, dark trials. And I know that Paul is talking here about his ministry trials and his sufferings, but in all of life, our suffering has a purpose. And so Paul says in verse 16, he says, so we do not lose heart. So we got to ask, okay, why, why don't we lose heart? And so he answers the question in the second half of the verse. He says, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. So the first point I want to make here is that you, Christian, you can keep going because your outer self may be wasting away. Your body uh, we feel it in this in this world, don't we? That our outer self is wasting away. You get older and your body starts to ache. You get older and you're not as fast or um, as active as you once were. But even as you get older and as you keep walking through the Christian walk, uh, your mind uh, even starts to be sober to the realities of suffering in the world. And you feel it. You face it. You see death. You have maybe been near to death. You see others in your life who are suffering in very intense and real ways. You see around the world how so many people are going through uh, just evil things and sufferings. And so the temptation is, well, how can I keep going in the midst of all this suffering? And this is Paul's answer. He says, don't lose heart because while your outer self is wasting away, your inner self is being renewed day by day. We have to understand this in the Christian walk, that the point of our lives is not to be happy. I know that sounds strange because we're so induced with American consumerism and culture that we think that we should live so that we maximize our happiness and comforts in this world. But Paul says, no, it's actually quite different than that. It's that you be shaped to be conformed to the image of Jesus. This is what he means when he says your inner self is being renewed day by day. He says that elsewhere in Romans 12, 1 through 2, when he says that you shouldn't be conformed to the world, but that you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he also says it in Romans 8, when he says that we are being conformed to the image of Jesus. So when God saves you, he doesn't just leave you where you are. He doesn't just wipe all your sins clean and says you're good to go. We know that obviously the Christian walk is a journey. It is that. It is the cleansing of those sins. But it's also God working on our hearts as we walk with Christ to remove sin in us by going back to the cross. And so this is what Paul says by being renewed day by day. The point of our Christian walks is not to maximize our comfort, but it's to look more like Jesus. And in God's sovereignty and in his providence over our, our lives, he knows exactly what each of us as individuals need to make us look more like Jesus. For me, it has taken depression and anxiety 
to humble myself and bow myself to the dust and recognize that I cannot do this unless it is by the grace of God. And I know there may be things that you are tempted to to just question, why have I gone through this, X, Y, Z? And the temptation is to shake your fist at heaven and to wonder, if God, you are good, why would you allow me to go through this? But the, the humble response that we can take, as hard as it is, is to bow our face in the dust and recognize that we are not strong enough on our own. That even if we scorned God, and even if we walked away from Jesus uh, because of the trials we went through, where else could you go? You have to ask yourself that question. If you walked away from Jesus, if you turned your back on him because you felt as if it wasn't fair, as if what he has done in your life, as if what you've gone through is not uh, what you would have picked for your life, which honestly it's not, but it's what he has picked. If you think that you can just walk away and then you're going to be okay, you can't do that because where else can you go? Honestly, ask yourself that question. Where else can you go but to God, the creator, and Jesus, who is our savior? I've learned this so much just in dealing with depression and anxiety in my life is to recognize that every time or every season I go through is meant to make me bow back in the dust and to uh, just depend upon the Lord. And this is what Paul would say. He would say he was a jar of clay and that the only uh, reason why uh, he kept going, why he doesn't lose heart, is because of God's work of grace in him uh, to, to be renewed day by day. And so this is a clear application for us, is that in the sufferings of our, our life, we shouldn't lose heart because uh, God is renewing us day by day by his grace. And I think uh, we, we see this even in our sufferings. We, we can often know that God is there with us. Sometimes it might not feel like it, but I look back in my life and I see the deepest, darkest times I've been through. And often it's in those deep valleys that I see God's light shine even more. And that's God's goodness. He can work um, the worst of our situations out for his glory. And that's what we're going to see in verses 17 through 18. So if verse 16 can be uh, about not losing heart, then verse 17 is about not losing hope. I want us to see this. In verse 17, Paul says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So what's he doing here? Well, he's explaining more about what it means to be renewed day by day in our inner selves, God's work of sanctification in us. He says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. You got to see this contrast here. We don't lose hope because all of our affliction is light and momentary. Now, in the moment, it does not feel that way. There have been days, and I, I tell you this honestly, where I feel as if my trials and my sufferings could never end. Where, especially if you have dealt with depression, uh, you feel as if everything is just dragged out, as if uh, you're just in a deep, dense fog that will never lift. And I realize that is uh, one experience from my own life. But honestly, the worst of suffering in us produces depressive-like symptoms, whether it's grief or just deep sorrow. And sometimes we feel as if uh, the affliction we're going through is heavier than anything else in the world and that we can never get out of it. 
that our grief will never end. David says in the Psalms that his tears are his food day and night and his soul longs. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Hope in God, for yet I will praise him. And so we see that there are saints, uh, God-fearing people, people who believe in Jesus, who face deep, dark trials that sometimes feel as if they're never going to end. And I, I believe that Paul felt this way sometimes. Remember, we looked at in the very first chapter of 2 Corinthians that Paul said he despaired of life itself. And so he even in his sufferings felt sometimes as if God had forsaken him. But this is Paul's perspective, and this is why he doesn't lose heart, is because in comparison uh, to uh, his troubles now, he says that God is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And we have to get this distinction. We have our afflictions on the one hand that seem so big sometimes, but Paul, when looking in light of what is coming of what God is bringing for us through Christ when he returns, the eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, that, like a magnifying glass, uh, more so like a microscope, it makes our uh, afflictions seem so small. Whereas if in the moment our afflictions seem as if we're looking through uh, a magnifying glass and it just is huge, when we think of heaven, when we think of the new creation that that God is going to bring to us at the end, uh, it makes everything seem so uh, small, so light and momentary, like a feather. But listen to to how Paul relates it. He says, it's the light and momentary affliction that's preparing us this eternal weight of glory. I want you to get that distinction, that Paul is linking his sufferings to the experience that will await when we enter into heaven. We have to see the eternal weight of glory being when Christ returns and makes all things new. We see in Revelations that uh, Jesus will return and he's going to wipe away every tear and he's going to bring us into his presence with fullness of joy and that there will be everlasting peace, everlasting joy, everlasting wholeness uh, with Jesus when we are with him in heaven. And I just don't think we as believers, think about that enough. And Paul explains this in verse 18. He says, uh, we shouldn't look to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So Paul is saying that our troubles make us get outside of ourselves and they make us long for heaven. They make us long when God in Christ uh, is going to make all things new. And that's such a beautiful picture, and we can't ever miss that in the Christian walk. What keeps us going in in the faith? What keeps us going in believing in Christ? Well, it's God working in us to help us see that in comparison to what is coming when Jesus returns, all our affliction is light and momentary. Now, I want to be very clear. This doesn't negate how you feel in the moment. It doesn't negate anything that has happened to you. Um, the worst sufferings that you've been through, it doesn't negate what you've lost or what void you feel. What I'm trying to tell you is that the fact that Jesus will return and make all things new should give you perspective and should give you hope in the midst of your affliction. It's the hope that we have in Jesus when we think about Jesus making all things new when he returns. That's what makes it 
our afflictions seem light and momentary. It doesn't mean we don't feel them. They're still afflictions, but we know that in the light of the new heavens and the new earth, it is truly light and momentary. If you look at your life on a piece of string and your life in Christ goes on for eternity because you will be with God for eternity in the new heavens and the new earth, your life now here on on the earth is one snippet, one very, very, very small snippet of that long rope that you have in Christ. And so truly all the affliction we go through is light and momentary. Now, we're not escapist. We don't deny that there is real suffering in this world. Paul wouldn't deny that. He would say that his sufferings are shaping him to be more like Jesus. And that's the point of them is that it makes him depend upon God whose grace works in him. So we're not escapists. We're not denying suffering, but we're saying that it has a purpose, that God uses it for our good and his glory to make us see that when Jesus returns, we will see his glory. We will see the goodness of him restoring all things, and we will know in that moment it was all worth it. So verse 17 is not losing hope, and in verse 18, we've already mentioned it, but it's about not losing sight. How do we do this? How do we recognize and know Um, that our afflictions are light and momentary. What has to be that we are fixing our eyes on things that are eternal. Paul says in verse 18 that we should not look to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. This verse is basically basically saying that um, we shouldn't store up treasures on earth, but we should store up treasures in heaven. It's just repeating Jesus's teaching that our lives are not meant to be spent solely focusing and building up things here to uh, increase our comfort and maximize our own kingdom here on earth. Rather, that we should be kingdom-minded with a heavenly bent to think about what is eternal? What am I leaving behind? If my life were played on a tape and I was at the end of my life, What would I see that would make a lasting, eternal impact for the kingdom of God? Paul says we we shouldn't look to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. That there, there are realities in Christ that we have that last forever. And it's those realities that we should focus our minds on and look to Jesus and grasp that by faith and know that that is what is eternal. What am I talking about here? I'm talking about knowing God in Christ. And we know him by his word. And so we see the eternal things and we grasp them when we read his word. We know of the forgiveness that we have in Christ and we run back to that. That's not seen. You can't see forgiveness, but you know it by faith. Uh, Your adoption into God's family, that he has made you a part of his eternal family. You can't see that, but by faith, you grasp it and you bring it down and and you you meditate in that and uh, just rely on God's love for you in Christ. Uh, The new heavens and the new earth that are coming when Jesus returns, we can't see that, but by faith, we grasp it. And we know that one day that is our blessed hope when Jesus returns and makes all things right. You see what I'm doing here? I'm basically looking at the truths that we have, the promises that we have in Christ, and they're not seen. We can't see them like the palms of our hand or the car that we have out in our driveway. Those are things that are seen. But the promises and the hope that we have in Christ has to be seen through eyes of faith. 
And it's not that those things are just wishy-washy fairy tales, but they are true grounding realities that give us hope and perspective for the things that we do go through in life. So don't lose sight. Look to what is eternal, what is yours in Jesus. Just to wrap up, our troubles have a way of making us long for heaven. And Paul relates this. He says, how do we know our afflictions are light and momentary and preparing for us eternal weight of glory? Well, it's because we look to the things that are uh, unseen versus what is seen. When we fix our eyes on Christ, we know that even the worst of what we go through on this earth um, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory because Jesus will return and make all things new. So don't lose heart, believer. Place your faith in Jesus. Uh, Look to the things that are unseen. What are yours in Christ? Be reminded today and know that even in your sufferings, God is near to the brokenhearted. He is with you. Where else can you go except to run back to him? And by his grace, he will strengthen you. He will give you hope. He will give you uh, perspective on what you're going through. He will give you peace. And we have ultimate hope because one day Jesus is returning to make all things new. And that is good news.